Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, family, friends, and foes, and yes, even foes in the family. And to the standing between the living and the dead, service number 799, our service family members all around the world. My beloved, this is Daniel White the third president of Gospel Light Society International with the White House family devotional reading of Charles Haddon Spurgeon's Treasury of David. This is episode number 163. And we're at Psalm 1713. Arise, O Lord, disappoint him, cast him down, deliver my soul from the wicked, which is thy sword. Arise, O Lord, the more furious the attack, the more fervent the psalmist's prayer. And if you are a child of God, these psalms and these prayers that David prayed they will become real to you. So you better get to know them now. His eye rests singly upon the Almighty, and he feels that God has but to rise from the seat of his patience. Pardon me, and the work will be performed at once. Let the lion spring upon us, if Jehovah steps between we if Jehovah steps between we need no better defense when God meets our foe face to face in battle the conflict will soon be over amen go ahead Spurgeon disappoint him Disappoint him. Disappoint him. That's what the psalmist prayed. Be beforehand with him. Outwit and outrun him. Appoint it otherwise than he has appointed. And so disappoint him. The main thing that God wants you to get out of this passage is that you need to pray to God to defeat your enemies. And I would encourage you to pray faithfully and consistently because your enemies are coming even though you may not know it. Out of the blue or out of the black or out of hell, wherever they come from. And they may be people who are supposed to be your family members and friends. You need to understand that down through history, in the saved community and in the lost community, 
family has been a bugaboo. You, you better keep your eyes more on those who are supposed to be close to you than even those who are out there who are not connected to you. Because family is a bugaboo. Uh, Dr. Frederick Haynes ran back one Sunday morning. We happened to be there just visiting. And uh, he ran back and came up with a refrain family drama just won't stop. I wrote that down, and my wife and I wrote a three-volume uh, novel, which is our most popular vo uh, uh, novel that we have written together, titled, and dot, 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 and family drama just won't stop. Family is a bugaboo. Family is something else, man. And when you... Uh, when there's money involved and business involved uh, and uh, a family business that was a wonderful blessing coming up as Negroes get older will uh, become a civil war if you're not careful. Uh, even in the ministry, civil wars have come out of of pastors who wanted their sons to lead the ministry after they died and, but the daughter was so called called to preach too but the pastor the older pastor knew that that was not going to be in God's will and the family splits over that you you just uh, I've helped you more in the ministry than him and now you putting him over me and when I should be the pastor of the church and on and on family can be Something else, as my dad and mom used to say back in New York when I was a child. Now, when they said, oh, he, he is something else, that means that that's a whole lot. It means a whole lot. <laughs> yeah, he is something else, or she is something else. But this is just terminology and words that I learned and heard when I was a little boy living on Chauncey Street, New York. The same street that the Gleason show was based on, Brooklyn, New York. Anyway, cast him down. That's another prayer of the psalmist, and that's what you want to pray. Sometimes you got, you got some Negroes have got to be cast down, and God's got to be the one to cast them down and block them. Trust in the Lord and pray to the Lord. And God will protect you. And you and, and you you don't even have to really try. God just be knocking things down. Prostrate him. Make him sink upon his knees. Make him bow as the conquered bows before the conqueror. What a glorious sight. Will it be to behold Satan prostrate beneath the foot of our glorious Lord? And then you got church folks. Another group that's supposed to love you and support you. I know of a pastor right now, several pastors right now, going through hell 
with church folks, with deacons who need the board, the deacon board put on them, deacons on the deacon board who need the board put on them, rather, trustees on the trustee board who need the board put on them giving the pastor, I mean some pastors are under threat constantly. And it's sad because uh, some of these denominations have destroyed the authority of the pastor. Uh, a church should not be ruled by committee. I don't see that in the Bible. Like it's a political thing, you've got to have a vote. There are some things the pastor ought to be able to say, we're going to go in this direction. And if it's biblical, we don't need to vote on it. Let's just go in this direction. And, and, and some denominations have destroyed the authority of the pastor. And pastors are nothing but puppets. They can't make a decision about anything. Can't spend a dime. There are some churches a, a pastor can't. It does not have a discretionary fund if a missionary or pastor friend needs some help. They got to go through the boards and the, every board and the committees and vote. And the whole church got to vote on it. It's too long. The, the missionary is dead now. Several pastors are going through this, and, and, and see that, and, and 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 they want to say some of them want to say that's the reason why they have quit or they committed suicide or whatever the case might be. But a man of God is not going to quit on God. Is not going to quit on Jesus Christ. If he has to leave from one church, he's going to preach. If he is kicked out of one church on Saturday, a true man of God is going to preach on Sunday, somewhere. And you don't have to preach in the church today. You can start your own church at the house. How about how about the house campus? Go ahead, Daniel White the third. Yeah, I was doing this for five years before the plague came. Now everybody's doing it. You can have real ministry by the grace of God, preaching from your house. Your family being the immediate congregation and whoever they might invite, they can come too as long as you can hold the people. And uh, but but the main audience is the people I'm preaching to right now, all around the world, live. That's just as real as it gets, as far as I'm concerned. Live streaming. That's the, what. What what's the problem? People are in the comforts of their homes, in the words of Jamal Bryant, in their pajamas, eating pancakes and serving the Lord. He told pastors, get used to it. That's how it's going to be. And, see, and I predicted this, this was going to happen because people are sick and tired of the drama, the foolishness, the programs, uh, the uh, pageantry, unnecessary pageantry that's in churches, that was in churches before the plague. Take an hour before you even get to the message. No scripture reading, no prayer, just young men miming with white gloves on and a white mask. Making them look very effeminate. Marching in and all of that and pageantry and it's a show. People are sick and tired of that. True saints are sick and tired of that. And true saints would rather go down to the to a, a little church in the Vale where the uh, they sing a song, they may sing two hymns, one special, and we preaching. 
And we're not taking an hour to take up the offering either. So, uh, and I and I predicted that when I predicted it, I did not have the idea about uh, the live streaming like we have it today. I'm streaming by the grace of God with the help of my son Daniel Ezekiel. I'm streaming on I don't know ten different platforms right now, all around the world. According to a stat he gave me last night, one platform, our newest platform, that this is on multiple sites, uh, nearly a million people are on that platform. Have heard me preach? I guess I don't know. I don't know how long he went back. Maybe a month, half a month. I don't know. Nine hundred and something thousand people. That's better than having nine uh, up in the church on Sunday morning, like many churches do have. And 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 and, and six of those are family members. Uh, why not make it easy on people? They can stay home, in the words of Jamal Bryant, be in their pajamas eating pancakes and having church. Even though I do believe you ought to get up and get dressed. Yes, even at the house. You don't have to. But, but I, I said that back, in, back then I, I, I was not emphasizing streaming. I was saying that most people are going to leave the big churches and go back home and have church at home. Now that you have live streaming and you have uh, YouTube and Vimeo and a uh, company that we're using, I'm not going to tell you the names unless you try to sabotage it, uh, which is very powerful. We, we're using a company that we do. We're thankful for YouTube. We're thankful for Vimeo. We're thankful for GodTube and all of that. We use them too. Uh, but in case they block us, uh, we have a system that can reach even more people and is reaching more people now that we own and operate on our sites. I recommend all of my pastor friends and preacher friends to get it because Twitter and Facebook and uh, YouTube and I thank God for Facebook they've hung with me real good and all of the others may, may block you one day okay and so you can go live on your site and tell everybody where you at in fact you better do that quickly because some of us have already been blocked on certain places but uh, 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 you can like it or lump it, if you, you know. But people are going to stay home if they can, particularly out of the coronavirus plague. You, you're never going to see the crowds you used to see. And I have told some of you pastors, these who love the uh, different locations and type method, it's fine and dandy. But some of those buildings need to be shut down. Unless you're going to make it a local church with a pastor. That would be good if people are going to come to support it. But you don't need a building just to have a building at this point. The church is back home where it started. 
and you might as well get used to it. And uh, if the president has the coronavirus, then you're going to get it. If you get into a crowd of people, that's how he got it. Being around, sitting down with people. Listen, I would, I would, I would venture to say only workers in grocery stores have gotten sick. People who visit grocery stores and drug stores, and I'll be careful about drug stores though, uh, very careful. And if you're just going in and you're coming out, you're not going to get it like that. But you will get it if you go sit in a congregation of people and sit in a meeting with your gung-ho bad self. Happy talk self. Don't let these happy talk, listen to me. I've said it before. I'm going to say it again. Do not let these happy talk pastors draw you back in a building. You don't need to do that. Especially if you're old. Now, listen to me. If you're in a church that is a 7,000 church, a faithful few church, a remnant church, and you know who you are and you know what kind of pastor you have, you might can get away with it. But I can't promise you that. Gathering in a congregation of any kind for a symposium, a concert, a con that's why many people are getting sick. And many people don't say anything about it because they don't want anybody to know that they are sick with the coronavirus. It's like a plague, a curse, like a curse on them. They, they're so proud to say anything about it. People are not proud about it. The president has to say something about it because they see him gagging and coughing. Coughing on the people, sneezing on the people, all this kind of stuff. You don't need to be doing that. You know, and some of you definitely, if you listen to me, listen to me. If you, I know you want me to say nice words. If you are fat, what you want me to say is pleasantly plump. There's another word out there. If you are fat, if you have diabetes. If you are not exercising, if you're not taking a vitamin and vitamin D, uh, if, if you don't drink a little wine with your food, uh, and uh, uh, you uh, got some other issues, it will take you out. It will take you out. And, and you're not wearing a mask with all this gung-ho foolishness, people. It's nothing but pride, the proud American spirit. And nobody has more of the American can-do positive, uh, positive mental attitude spirit than me. I am a type A-plus individual. Nothing gets me down. God has wired me this way. I, 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 I couldn't let that. I, I, couldn't be, I couldn't do what I'm doing if I was that way. God wired me this way on purpose. I am not, I don't get down about nothing. In fact, you try to hinder me, you try to block me, you try to persecute me, I'm going to do it even more. I'm going to do what God called me to do even more so. My wife is here with me. And she has admitted trying to hinder me and block me for 34 years. And, and I had to tell her, I said, you know what? You propel me to do more for God. If you was a sweet, good, virtuous uh, woman uh, and obedient and submissive, we would have been on ships to Jamaica. We would, build, we would have built a house in Jamaica, or bought a house in Jamaica, and, and be on, on a cruise twice a year down there. And, and across the other islands as well. 
I would have spent more time with you. I would have wanted to spend more time with you because you were so sweet. But because you were so unsweet and so devilish and rebellious, I said, well, I, I might as well just go ahead and preach the gospel. She, she literally, I, I, I told her she has provided the grist for me to do what the Lord has called me to do. And I don't regret it. I thank God for the thorn in the flesh. I really do. And I thank God that my children saw me plow ahead and preach the gospel. And they were engaged and they helped me in the ministry way more than she ever did. And I'm glad about it now. And to see the results of what God has used me to do. Uh, and to see other preachers preaching what I've been preaching for the past 20 years. I give God the glory, praise, and honor. And I pray that they will continue under the leadership of God. Haste, glorious day. Haste, glorious day. Deliver my soul from the wicked, which is thy sword. He recognizes the most profane and oppressive as being under the providential rule of the king of kings and used as a sword in the divine hand. What can a sword do unless it be wielded by a hand? No more could the wicked annoy us unless the Lord permitted them so to do. Most translators are however agreed that this is not the correct reading but that it should be, as Calvin puts it, deliver my soul from the ungodly man by thy sword. Thus David contrasts the sword of the Lord with human aids and reliefs and rests assured that he is safe enough under the patronage of heaven. By the grace of God shall we pray. Holy Father God, we pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Grant me your energy now and your grace and your strength and the power of your Holy Spirit to preach your Holy Gospel in such a way that people will understand it and be saved. I do pray that you would bless and protect your people who stand for you and stand on your truth no matter what it costs them in society or who persecutes them. Lord, help them to continue to pray to you and trust in you. In Jesus Christ's name we pray and for his sake. Amen. Now, dear friend of mine, if you are with us and you are not saved from the flames of hell, May I encourage you to get saved from the flames of hell right now today because I do want you to understand that you're on the road to hell as I speak. The Bible is very clear about that. Jesus Christ said the most wonderful, most loving, and most important words in the history of the world when he said, 
God so loved, for God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. <coughs> And may I encourage you to take heed to the most important words ever said to mankind in the history of the world. For God so loved the world, that means that he loves you. No matter what evil you have done, no matter who you did it with. Red, yellow, black, and white were all precious, lovingly precious in his sight. I don't understand it all, but I thank God for it all. And that's love for you. For God so loved the world that he gave. He gave up his only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, to suffer, to bleed, and to die like no man in history, <clears throat> and to be humiliated like no man in history, and yet be the Son of God. He allowed that to happen. He allowed himself to die for our sins our failures and our faults, like no other man died. He was buried, went through hell, and went to hell, and rose from the dead on the third day for you and for me. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever, the word whosoever, means anybody at any time. Red, yellow, black, or white, we're all precious, lovingly precious in his sight. Whosoever believeth in him, that means to trust in him, to have faith in him, to depend upon him. That's all it takes. It does not mean you have to be in a beautiful, ornate church. I love beautiful, ornate churches. But you don't have to be in one. I got saved in a dorm room. A nasty dorm room. <clears throat> in the Air Force. In spite of the church, I got saved. In spite of the fact that my dad was a preacher. My mother was a preacher. They raised me up in church. I never got saved in the church. Even though I got baptized in the church. I joined multiple churches with my family. I think we were members of at least five churches. One founded by my great-grandfather on my mother's side, which she is the pastor of today, along with my sister. But somehow I knew that I didn't have true salvation. And so the whole time I was growing up in that family, I would pray, Lord, please show me the light. On December the 19th, 1979, God sent a man by by the name of Michael Lewis to share with me what I'm sharing with you. 
And I got saved that night. And my life has never been the same. In a Air Force dorm room. You can get saved right where you are. In your lazy boy chair. On your bed. On your couch. Grouped with other people listening. In India. In China. In Pakistan. On one computer. Or a television set. Or whatever you have. Or a phone. Or a Kindle. Or a device. You might be listening to me while you're walking your dog or driving your car. Whatever you need to do. You might want to pause for a minute. And finish hearing this. And pray the sinner's prayer with me. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth in him. Should not perish. That means should not go to hell. And right now, dear friend, you're on your way to a devil's hell. Jesus Christ preached more on hell than all of the prophets and preachers in the Old Testament and all of the apostles in the New Testament. And sad to say, Jesus Christ preached more on hell than most preachers living today. He said hell is a place of punishment where the fire never is quenched. Now Jesus Christ never lied about anything and Jesus Christ does not do like we do and play lie. Oh, I just said that to scare you, but I, I was never going to send you there. Don't, don't buy into that lie. That's the devil telling you that. Jesus Christ does not play. God does not play. You're on your way to a devil's hell. The Bible says we are all sinners. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. We die because of our sins. And if we do not go by the cross and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and uh, repent of our sins, we go to that awful place called hell which we all deserve where the fire is never quenched where you will burn and be tormented forever you say preach I just cannot believe that I can't believe God would send me to hell no you send yourself to hell Jesus Christ has done all he could to save you from hell by dying for your sins he was buried and rose on the third day And so, dear friend, all you have to do to get saved from hell is believe in him. Trust in him. Depend upon him. Have faith in him. Are you ready to do that? If so, the Bible says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Saved from what? Saved from hell. Saved to what? Saved to heaven for the divine reset that God has planned. And you should not want to miss it. So right now, dear friend, if you want to get saved from the burning hell, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and follow me in the sinner's prayer. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Let's pray. Repeat after me. Phrase by phrase. And only pray it if you mean it. Holy Father God.
I admit that I am a sinner and that I have broken your Ten Commandments by dishonoring you, by taking your name in vain, by dishonoring and disobeying my parents, by lusting after people and things, by coveting what other people have, by stealing and by lying and other sins that I have committed in your sight. For Jesus Christ's sake, please forgive me of all of my sins. As I now believe with all of my heart in your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, who suffered, bled, and died on the cross for my sins, was buried and rose on the third day, Lord Jesus Christ, please come into my heart and into my spirit and save my soul today. Please fill me with your Holy Spirit and help me to truly repent of my sins and to turn from my wicked ways, my evil ways, and to follow you in the new life, Lord Jesus Christ. For it is in your name I do pray. Amen. Now, dear friend of mine, if you prayed that prayer and you believed in your heart in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, may I lovingly say to you congratulations for doing the most important thing in life. That is believing in Jesus Christ for your soul's salvation. To help you grow in the faith, please go to gospellightsociety.com. We have a bunch of material there that will help you grow in the faith. Uh, Podcasts included. But the main thing I want you to do is read my free book titled, What to Do After You Enter Through the Door. Lord, thank you for reminding me of that. Read that book, first and foremost. Also, email us at dw3 at gospellightsociety.com or gls at gospellightsociety.com. Or whatever email is on your platform. And uh, let us know that you got saved today so that we can rejoice with you. And also... Uh, we can send you some free material to help you grow in the faith. And, uh, dear friend, if you have a prayer request, if you're going through a difficult time, and you want us to pray for us, we pray for thousands of folks. Uh, We'll be glad to pray for you too, and we'll pray for you until you tell us to stop.